Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. It's off to work. Oh, hi. This song's not like any song you know. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the 138th Simpsons Podcast. I'm half a host, Craig. And I'm half a host, Steve. Steve, how are you doing this week? Doing good, Craig. It's another week, and I'm still alive. I don't want to give out too much information, but I'm working on another podcast. Wow. Sorry, Craig. I'm cheating so on you. So you have, like, two listeners on this podcast, and you've done only, like, 11 episodes. You think you could just do another one? Yes. <laughs> All right. What's this, what's this podcast about? Yeah. Well, I'm co-hosting with my wife. Uh, my wife. Hey. We are watching, uh, we're making each other watch TV show, and then we will uh, reflect and review on it. Kind of like this, but different. Any random show they're going to watch, like, Andy Griffith or Dukes of Hazard. Well, no. We For her, I picked the show that you and I both love, Ooh, West yes. Wing. I'm on a West Wing kick right now with my significant other. Yeah, you helped inspire oh, that. Thanks. And then uh, she picked, for me, the show Sex in the City, which... I have seen most of, but never intentionally. Yeah. Just, just so, in the background we go. of the dentist office. Yeah, or just uh, dating any Dating woman Samantha? Steve, dating Steve, any what? woman in the 2000s. Are you, a, are you a Charlotte? Are you a Samantha? Are you a Carrie? Are you the other one? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely the other I, one. I've never seen the show, but I know the names as well, at least three-fourths of them. You struck me as a New York City, who's the fifth <laughs> uh, character. I love New York City. It's like a character in its own, right? I love New York City. They should make that a shirt. Uh, I heart and see. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Uh, let's print it up and sell. Yeah. So, more information on that podcast forthcoming. Uh, Craig, how about you? What you got? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Oh, yes, I do. Never mind. Okay. Um, real quick. Okay. I always go through the self-checkout at the uh, Kroger, and mm-hmm. because it's fast and, you know, I can get it done, right? Here's what I... And no human interaction. Right, and because we hate humans. Here's what bothers me is... Okay, well, one thing is, like, if you're purchasing uh, alcohol or tobacco or firearms... Yeah. This is something I know all yeah, too so well. Yeah, you, so you have to show your ID, you know, ID to get through, which I, that's understandable. I have nothing, no problem with that, right? The part mm-hmm. that annoys me is the blue-haired ladies come in to use the <laughs> You scan. They don't know how to do that. So the checker that monitors the you scan has to go there and literally do everything for her or for this, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, I'm trying to buy a bottle of wine and I'm sitting there for like five minutes waiting so she can, you know, clear me through so I can pay and get out of there. And it's because these old people, sorry, old people that are listening, you just stop doing this. I, we have a huge senior <laughs> citizen audience, but yeah. yeah, it annoys me. It's like, then don't go to the U scan, go to a regular line yeah. and check out like everyone else does. The U scan is for, you're going to die <laughs> yeah. soon and you need as much like human touch as you right. can. So might as well talk to the poor clerk who has to help you. <sighs> exactly. That's my, uh, I feel, I, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but the uh, checkers at my local Kroger learn to know who I am well enough that when they see me coming, they just assume that I'm going to buy beer or wine. <laughs> so they don't even have to like go over. They just see me like, eh, okay, it's that guy again. <laughs> yeah, I... I... Oh, I had that same. I think I had that same thing with with one of the the checkers when I was going through the U scan before. And I used to because in Washington they they sell uh, hard liquor in grocery stores. Whereas Oregon, I don't know if people know this, but in Oregon you can only get hard liquor at liquor stores. It, Oregon is the liquors are controlled by the uh, the, the state, state. Yeah. So a few years ago, Washington we passed the law to 
allow no more liquor stores it's all in grocery stores well sounds great but it's terrible it's way more expensive it's not yeah it's way more expensive i voted for that and i wish i didn't because liquor was pretty much the same price in washington and it was it was in oregon too so now it's like it's like five dollars more right so i this is a political issue that i will (laughs) gladly like tell anybody about any chance i get i'd be like if the opportunity ever rises don't vote for liquor and grocery stores in oregon because i it's just because here the prices are mandated so a bottle of Smirnoff costs the same at any yep. store. You can't raise the price. Oh, so it's great. Right. So you just know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so shame shame on me for voting for that. I, I only thought of it, you know, selfishly. It's like, oh, so it's Sunday and it's 1130 at night. I can still get vodka. Right. Um, yeah. does come in handy. Luckily enough, where I work, there's a, a close enough liquor store. Actually, I'll give them a shout out. PDX Liquor and Wine in Cascade Station. Best liquor store. Oh, Love nice. that place. Because it doesn't seem like a seedy liquor store. Mm-hmm. It's clean and it's bright and vivid and it's, it's with the times i always go there to get my alcohol <laughs> so i think what i was talking about was the grocery stores buying the alcohol but it was it's yeah, always yeah. Just the same person always assumed like oh i'm just gonna wait for them because i gotta take the thing off the vodka and the security coat or security <laughs> tab Ugh. yeah and uh so i stopped buying vodka and it's kind of refreshing not having to, or buying any source of alcohol at the store i'll buy wine and that's about it the grocery store right yeah um but it was funny it was weird this one time the same cashier she always you know come over and like just clear it out because she knew i was 21 or not <laughs> guys i'm only 21 <laughs> no but she knew i was yeah. of age and this was like a few years ago and my license had expired i had yet to go get it, it renewed and this one day she's like oh can i see your idea and i'm like really like i see you like, like <laughs> you know every week at least <laughs> and i I didn't, yeah. I didn't say that but I, was like, I actually did say, really? I'm like, all right. And then she looks and she's like, uh, your ID's expired. I'm like, come on. I mean, she still, she still sold it to me. But I was like, oh, I didn't notice it was expired. That's what you got to say, right? Yeah. So Steve's got a podcast. We watched our first couple episodes. And did you watch uh, West Wing or Sex? We watched two episodes of oh, each. Okay, I was going to say with the West Wing, even though the first episode, I feel like the first two episodes, I don't know if it was originally aired because back in the day, they used to air like the first episode of a series usually was like two hours long. So I always feel like the mm-hmm. first two episodes of West Wing kind of like watch them back to back it's not necessary but yeah. it kind of just helps continue uh it's the next day essentially but that end scene with Bartlett it, in the first episode is just magical it's he's so yep. cool i'm so glad they didn't go until i'm so glad they didn't go with the original idea of oh we're just gonna have martin sheen on the first episode and then we'll never see him again yeah i mentioned that to uh laura too and she thought that would have been a horrible idea oh yeah he's uh, the best i just watched an episode uh from season two because we just finished season two and uh there's an episode prior where <laughs> Some famous chef was some famous French chef was cooking at the White House, and of course, Abby's always gone. That's Bartlett's wife, the first lady. She's always gone. Um, mm-hmm. So he invites Leo to have a dinner with him, but they set it up so romantically with candles because they thought it was going to be the first lady and the president. <laughs> it's so funny. It's all of a sudden like Leo gets a phone call, and, and Bartlett's like, oh, "Here you are. You just never talk to me anymore." You know, having the whole like lovers quarrel. <laughs> Um, they played it mm-hmm. off really well. What those two? Yeah, those two. Everyone on that cast was amazing. Um, yeah. God, if we had a West Wing podcast, like I say, every week we could talk about Inside yep. It. But you know what? We talk about another show called The Simpsons. Steve, uh, yes. a little thing when there was new episodes airing. I'll just give you a little recap of what the new episode was. Uh, so this yeah. the most recent episode was season thirty, episode twenty. So usually about twenty-two episodes. So I think we're only a few more episodes until the season finale. Yeah, I think so you're it's right. Called I'm just a girl who can't 
say doe. Um, and in this oh. episode, Marge was doing a play. John Lovitz was the director again. So it was like that little, it was, <gasps> oh, it was that's great, fun. Like, you know, like a uh, callback, but that there was that she's still involved in community theater and they, they were doing a production mm-hmm. of Oklahoma, but then the John Lovitz character was just being, you know, changing, you know, changing everything again and everyone just got frustrated and they they kicked him out as the director and march took over as director but they she realized oh, it was too expensive so they wanted to, she wanted to come up with a different play something like hamilton um so <laughs> lisa writes a hamilton-esque play based on jebediah oh okay um, you know yeah. it's funny we've mentioned Chekhov's gun in the past couple episodes Chekhov's yes, phaser there's literally a scene where they're like when marge is trying to figure out what to do the play on and she's reading Chekhov's gun. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, That's a fun uh, joke. So I think the animators uh, heard our podcast last week and just quickly animated that in. Because we do have we do Asian have a lot of Korean listeners. listeners. Yeah, exactly. So they're listening. So, anyways, they they you know put on a play of the Hamilton esque Jebediah thing. Um, and then here's the weird B story. You'd find mm-hmm. this really weird. Homer takes Maggie to Daddy. A daddy, not daddy, day, daddy and me daycare type thing or daddy and me type of thing, right? But all right. these daddies with their kids go there because the the lady that's for writing it is like hot. Yeah, yeah. so it's weird that like Homer's like, <laughs> oh, she's sexy. Like, that's, like yeah, that's usually, gross. I mean, Homer's been tempted like twice, and that's by Mindy, Mandy, Mandy. and then uh, Laura Lee. Oh, but he wasn't really tempted by right. Laura Lee at all. Um, no. So it's just weird seeing Homer like, oh, yeah. But it wasn't that, like, perverted. Um, but still, really it is just... B, B story. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that was the episode. Um, again, I don't review these. I'm just telling you what it was about. Uh, so it was, you like Hamilton, so I think you might enjoy yeah. seeing a little Hamilton uh, references there. Yeah, thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, it, uh, I look forward to the day in which we re- review that well, episode. You never know. The Wheel of Random. Yeah, it could be tomorrow. Oh, that will be the next day. Oh, it wouldn't be the next day. You spend I spend every day. day to see. Yeah, I spent. I've spent it every day, so I have the entire list of. Um, <laughs> I will spin it later in this episode, though. You got it back from the shop. You so. guys. Yep, all shiny and new. You guys have something to look yes. forward to. The spinning of a wheel that's completely <laughs> real. It's real in our hearts. All right, Steve, should we get on to the year in review for this episode? Indeed, the the time of place that we are taking May tenth happen. Yep, 2009. 2009. Um, so that obviously was a Sunday. And on that Sunday, mm-hmm. Steve, something important to you was uh, PGA Players Championship. TPC at Sawgrass. Henrik Stenson of Sweden shoots a bogey-free final round, 66 to win by four strokes from Englishman Ian Poulter. Poulter. Poulter? Oh, <sighs> that crazy sweet. Take that, Poulter. Uh, we just love our golf references on this program. Yep, we should do three more. So then we'd have four. Oh. Okay, I timestamp that for an edit, and yeah. go. All right, um, where were you in May tenth, two thousand nine? I wasn't lost. I was <laughs> where okay. are you? Um, um, I'm pretty sure we're we're still living together. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was living at that apartment, and uh, yeah, I can tell you. I, I know. I think I know exactly where I was on this day. Um, I know where it was pretty much because I looked at the, you know, the box office. Like, oh, I know what I was doing that Friday mm-hmm. and that Sunday. I was probably uh, at the Portland Beavers ball game. R.I.P. Oh. Yeah, they played. Uh, I'm assuming because I used to go to almost every almost every Sunday game. 
Um, so I I remember going to a few uh, yeah, Thursday, Thursday games with you as well. Time, but Sundays were day games, so I'd probably go there and then go get dinner, then pass out from many beers at six o'clock, and then wake up and do uh, some homework <laughs> and have to go to <laughs> class the next day or work. Don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's probably what I was doing. Um, I know what I was doing uh, Friday because of the movies. So Steve, I'm gonna, let's run yes. down the uh, top ten movies. Top 10 movies. For, uh, All right. May 10th. Number 10 was your favorite movie, and maybe mine. Made $2 million. Yeah. Hannah Montana, the movie. Yep. <laughs> um, I like Miley Cyrus, but what happened to Hannah? We just don't see her anymore. Yeah. Where is she? I don't know. You know, call me crazy, but I think they look alike. Huh. But it's like somebody's trying to get the uh, best both of both mm. worlds. And a great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. All right. Number nine was Earth, parentheses, 2009. Uh, mm. I don't know this movie. Do you? I'm not going to click nope. on it. Number eight was Monsters versus Aliens. I'm assuming that was an animated movie. I do believe. Maybe uh, DreamWorks or some shit. I don't uh, know. Number seven was The Soloist, which was a prequel to The Duelist. Uh, number six was Next Day Air, which opened up that week. Only made a whopping four million dollars. Don't know what Next Day Air is. Sequel okay. to Con Air. Uh, <laughs> it's the next day. Number five was. Oh, we can make another joke about this. Was Seventeen again? The prequel to Eighteen again, and the sequel to Sixteen again. <laughs> Got out of the way. Yes. Number four was Obsessed. Oh, no, that one either. I don't know what that is. Number three was Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. I believe that was a Michael Jackson movie. Um, <laughs> no. Um, oh, don't know this movie. I'm gonna say it was Steve. Mm. It was probably a romantic comedy about Ghosts. a guy and his girlfriends haunt him. You know, <laughs> I'm I that don't know if that's true great. or not. If that's yeah, let's... I'm looking it up right now. Ghost of Girlfriends. Okay, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Garner. Uh huh. It is. It's a Christmas Carol ripoff. Oh really? Uh, it's got a 27 percent but... of Rotten Tomatoes, guys. That is um, That was the Tomato Meter. Audience score uh, was 40%. Guys, on our Patreon, if we ever get it up, we will review this movie. <laughs> we will not review this movie. I promise you that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is visited by Ghost did of Girlfriends Past. Did you say fisted? Visited. visited. By Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Come on. He's not Bart. <laughs> Jesus. See yes. last week's episode <laughs> yeah. for that. Hey, we're like a comic book. It's like, <laughs> see last issue. I love that. Take it, true All right. Believers. Well, enough of that. Uh, number two. Uh, probably the best uh, Wolverine movie, right? X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Isn't the... That's like the yeah. worst one, I think. I think the one about Logan Paul yeah, is really good. good. Nothing to say about that. But the number one movie that's for that weekend, and I know I saw that, mm. uh, with an estimated worth a gross of $75 million, was J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Ooh. Uh, I was actually a big fan of that movie when it came out. Um, yes, I was too, aside from one very glaring plot. Oh, hold on. Drives me crazy. Was it? What was it? When the young Kirk steals the convertible. First of all, I don't know where they got the convertible from. But they steal the car and he puts on music. It wasn't the Beastie Boys, was it? Yes, it was. Well, what was wrong with the Beastie Boys? There's nothing. I love the Beastie Boys, but it'd be like you stealing a car today and, like, blasting out to the I would do that. But also... That song is like a couple hundred years old at okay. the time did you ever see okay i'm gonna talk about star trek for a second like i always do but i like that movie which is great and fine um but the sequel star trek into darkness was shit garbage because it, it 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 pissed off all star trek fans but star it had its it, pros it, and cons uh, so but then did you ever see star trek beyond the one that came out a few years ago that no, one was I actually didn't. pretty good and okay. it's a nice callback 
to the Beastie Boys. Um, I'm going to make a spoiler. Um, At one point in the movie, they play uh, Sabotage again. And Spock Mm -hmm. says, classical music? So there you go. Okay. (laughs) I I did not know that. And that kind of fixes it and, for me. And that scene, if you read that on paper and what was going to happen, you're like, this is garbage and bullshit. It actually, I think, really works. So um, uh, I recommend... Uh, I, I have it on my streaming service, so I'll let you borrow it. You can stream it. You should... Oh, is that the one that uh, really likes to send us emails? No, 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 no. It's not that one. It's, it's oh, my okay. Voodoo account. I'll just send you my Voodoo account. Um, okay. You can watch, cool, cool. You can watch that. Um, but yeah, so that that was fun. Uh, but before that, I just want to say, so Star Trek, a little trivia about this. Star Trek broke a previous movie's record for the highest weekend debut for a film based on a TV show. Steve, what Ooh. TV show turned into a movie was that? Ooh, that is an excellent trivia question. I w- I'm going to say it wasn't Bewitched. No, I will give you a hint. Um, Ooh, okay. You host a podcast about this TV show. Oh, the Brady Bunch. That's right, everyone. Check out Steve's Brady Bunch podcast. Everything's coming up, Alice, on Earwolf Network. Me and Carl Tart <laughs> do a great job. Uh, but yeah, so Star Trek broke the Simpsons movie record. Wow. So by only a couple years, because that came out in 2007. So That's cool. I feel like those uh, box office records, though. Not, not these days, because Avengers Endgame's coming out in like three weeks, and that's going to literally make a billion dollars opening day. Yeah. So you know what's funny is I saw that people – I don't understand why people are – pre-buy or like the pre-sale for these tickets like on opening days and stuff like that because well i can understand if like you live in like a, a smaller area but we live in a big area where like there's literally a movie theater like every other corner so you don't yeah. have to pre-sell there's never lines anymore um we went to see shazam the like because it was your thursday opening so like we went to the very first showing of shazam at like four o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. steve you're right you totally right back there? Yep. You're making a lot of noise. <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. You're slapping something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we didn't have any, you know, no problem getting it, you know, like crowded theaters because they put all the, you know, these movies. And Shazam wasn't expected to make a billion dollars. He only made like 50 million. But no. um, go see Shazam, guys. Uh, best movie in the DC cinematic universe entry. So, uh, not really. <laughs> you only okay. have a few, and there's only like two that are good. It goes. Yeah. So that I Wonder go Woman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and that's about it. Um, okay. I if you like big, uh, see Shazam. <laughs> it's big with super uh, superpowers, and they don't. Uh, you know, they even have a big joke in the movie. Now, that's probably my favorite part of the movie. Is they do. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, should I spoil it? No. It just came out. No. I'll tell you off the air. You'll like it. So, what were we listening to? All right, for this week. Our number one song is Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. You know, I actually listened to that song when it came out a lot. So That was during my KJ. No, I wasn't in KJ yet. Never mind. But you were still frequenting. I was more of a customer. Uh, Number two, Blame It by Jamie Foxx featuring T-Pain. Remember when he had a career as a singer? Who, T-Pain? Yeah. Where is he now? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he's in T-Relax. Jamie Foxx is actually a pretty good singer, so... He's uh, multi-talented, that man. Yep, somebody give that man an Oscar. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Poker Face by Big Number four, Day and Night by Kid Cudi. That is one of my favorites of this list. Um, Yeah. Number five, Sugar by Flo Rita. Featuring Winter. Honey. Uh, Honey, honey. Number six, 
Right Around by Flo Rida. Yeah, again. he was really popular, like, in that 2008 to, like, 2000. Yep. That was about it. Uh, number seven was Kiss Me Through the Phone oh. by Soldier Boy Tello. You tell him, Steve. Featuring Sammy. <laughs> I'm Sammy. <laughs> Hi, I'm just, Sammy. I sing a rap. You just imagine, like, uh, this is like the janitor in the recording studio is like, hey, I need someone to back me up here. Okay. What's your name? <laughs> Sammy. All right. Back me up, Sammy. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Drop the beat. And then he just uh, drops his mop and mop of things cool is really fun. If you can't think of a rhyme, make a pun. Ooh, I was going to say something else, but all right. All right. Uh, number eight was Halo by oh, Beyonce. I like that song. Gee, have you heard that? Have you ever heard that before? And I think I have <laughs> once or twice. Is it playing in the background right now in your house? I yeah. gotta assume so, yeah. There's a new special coming out soon. How exciting. So the household is very excited, yeah. Uh, number nine is Don't Trust Me by Three. Oh, Three. Oh, I know those. I know those guys. I, I just remember not. they were on. They were featured on a Kesha song, so. Okay. The and song rounding out your blah, top blah, ten, blah. Uh, Dead and Gone by T.I. featuring Justin Timberlake. Heard of him? Yep, and those are your top ten songs. Sounds like fun. Steve, yes. I think I need to take a break, and I think. All right. And we need to come back and talk about this week's episode of The Simpsons we watched. Yes, four great women and a manicure. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Steve, let's get on with this week's episode of The Simpsons. Today we are talking about four great women and a manicure. It is episode 20 of season 20, originally aired May 10th, 2009. It is episode 440 in the show's run, and your nerd code is LABF09. It was directed by Raymond S. Percy and written by Valentina Garaza. Um, Valentina Garaza, I never really noticed her name pop up, so uh, looking at this, this was her first written by credit. Um, Very nice. She had been a staff writer since 2007. Uh, uh, she was credited as staff writer on um, Dial N for Nerder, which is the one episode we've already done. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also was credited for the 90s show. <laughs> uh, but she started off on uh, the George Lopez show for a couple episodes of that. Okay. And she went on to do uh, Jane the Virgin right around that. It's a very critically yeah. acclaimed so show. She's uh, of American Cuban. I think that's what I saw. So yeah, cool. Okay. This is nice. uh, I know very cool. this kind of uh, finally in this enlightenment era of you know uh, showcasing uh, creative the females trying to get out there but look simpsons were doing it you know yeah good on them all right all right so the show begins with our title sequence and there is a three-eyed crow that flies across the title screen which i believe is a reference to game of thrones which is interesting because the show game of thrones didn't debut until two years later on april 17th 2011 See, that's an interesting theory but uh i think it was just because you know they have uh three-eyed fish right radioactive crow yeah blinky it's just yeah radioactive uh, crow could be. Uh, that's a that's a valid point. I don't know. Find any research on this? Nobody mentioned it okay. online. Well, just a thing I saw. Was that a was that a thing in the? I, I haven't read the Game of Thrones books, but was it, is that a thing in the books? Yeah, the Three Eyed Crow, I believe, tells information or some shit. I'll be honest with you. I read the first book and I got really bored because fantasy bores yeah. me horribly. Sorry, fantasy fans. Um, but I've seen all the series of uh, Game of Thrones, and there was also a Three Eyed Crow yeah. on that. I think I think I'm right on so. this one, guys. So. 
Uh, I don't care. Uh, our couch gag is a sculptor sculpts the Simpson sitting on the couch and then thinks about it and then re-sculpts it to be a statue of a Civil War era soldier on a it's horse. no specific the type of um, Yeah. It could be a sergeant. I mean, yeah, I don't know if there was like a pre-reference to Charlottesville that they were referencing <laughs> before it even happened. But I think there was also maybe a Game of Thrones reference. Don't know. Yeah. General Ambrose dragon fucker yeah. or something. We get to see his wiener. Yay. Do you think there's going to be lots of wiener and boobies in the premiere this coming Sunday? I have to assume, because they have to fill like 90 minutes yeah. each episode, so I think the best way to do it is either with dragons or wieners um, and boobies. I'm going to say this right now, I'm going to mark my prediction. It's going to be um, on air, and everyone knows it, and if I'm right, I'm right. I have a feeling, because there's only like six episodes for this final season, mm-hmm. I bet a major character will be killed off in this first episode of the season. Now, no. I'm saying a major character. I'm saying a, 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 a Khaleesi, a, a, a Jon Snow. because He's already, spoilers, already died and came back i feel like it's i don't know it could be an area i you know who i think it is here's who i'll put hmm. it on. it's gonna be uh who's the red-headed star girl is that yeah Sansa? i bet it's her i bet they okay. off in this first episode i say that uh the little guy will die oh um at some point yeah kill off peter dinklage right away maybe uh what if they kill He's... a fan favorite like sam Ooh, that's very possible. I, that's just my prediction, guys. Just I'm going to assume that uh, if there's any Game of Thrones fans out there, but I think they will just because it's a shock value kind of, uh, you know, like people get like, holy crap, I can't believe they did this in the first episode. That's my prediction. Here's here's my theory for the yeah. entire season. Fans will leave unsatisfied and wanting more. I'm just going to assume that it ends with Jon Snow walking into a uh, diner, sitting down <laughs> with the police, and, you know, you hear Don't Stop Believing in the background, and you see you know, just some soldiers looking up and then black see i think it's gonna end with uh john snow like at the bar <laughs> cleaning a glass somebody comes down the stairs and he's like we're closed fade to black i mean it could end with like uh the lannisters you know cersei and um her brother they you know they go to like king's landing and they see a fat guy um like spilled mustard on his shirt from eating a hot dog and they start laughing at him <laughs> and they end up getting arrested and they have to go to court and then we see all these other characters in the past like you know as key witnesses to these Lannisters and they end up just uh, going to jail I think an <laughs> autistic boy will wake up and it was all a dream alright and then for the last one um, Q takes the, uh, <laughs> have I said all the characters he takes Jon Snow yeah. to relive the past present and the future and, and he goes and plays poker with the rest of the crew of the Enterprise alright that's our uh, predictions guys all right. that's all, all right. we get and Sam never oh. leaps home <laughs> All right, so getting back oh, to the yeah, episode, uh, we open with Marge and Lisa going to the fingernail-looking-good nail salon, which the Simpsons are good at visual gags and sign gags. A swing and a miss this for me is, on this one. Right. Um, but they're going for Lisa's first mani-pedi, and Lisa questions whether or not it's more important to, for a woman to be smart and beautiful or smart and powerful rather than just beautiful. A woman can be smart, beautiful, and powerful, like Queen Elizabeth I. She had it all, except the most important thing. Please don't say a man. No, a husband. Right from this point, I'm like kind of on board because I'm like, yay, women. And then we uh, jump straight into March telling the tale of the first of four vignettes, Queen Elizabeth I, but not before remembering Kurt Gibson's uh, 1988 home run. What? What was that? joke i mean it was funny because it's just out of the blue like i i don't know that's kind of why i love it is because it's for nothing <laughs> like i'm assuming kurt gibson hit many more home runs after that yeah and i don't know baseball well enough to know if that was like 
a World Series winning game or just... Well, Kurt Gibson's 1988 World Series home run occurred in Game 1 of the 1988 World Series on October 15th, 1988. I just like that it was a non-sequitur for just to fill four seconds of time. Uh, The play has since become legendary in the baseball world and is regarded as one of the greatest home runs of all time. It was voted the greatest moment in LA sports history in 1995. Uh, Many of the images associated with the home run, particularly Gibson coming his fist... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. It occurred at the bottom okay. of the ninth inning with injuries to both legs. Hit a two-run walk-off home run against the Athletics. So, yeah, there you go. He had broken legs. and All right. So it wasn't some random, well, we- weird quote for baseball fans. And I am ashamed because I am a baseball fan. You are a baseball but fan, yeah. I was only like six. I can't remember yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Life is meaningless. Um, so we see Queen Elizabeth, played by Selma, who is seeking a king so she so she can uh, have a legacy with a child, as explained by Mo, her her liege. Is it weird that and it, it's just Selma? We don't have a Patty. Like, is it weird to see one of the twins? It is kind of weird to see them separate. Yeah. And there's another character missing that we'll get to later. That is also a lot weirder yeah. to me. Oh, you're right. But so we have Mo as a liege, and then we meet Prince Ralph of Austria. And I don't know, maybe this is like a deep reference that nobody gets, but why don't you make him King Ralph? <laughs> because he was John Goodman in the movie. Yeah. King Ralph. A reference. King Ralph has been kind of a butt of media jokes. People understand. Yeah. That. I don't know. I never actually saw the movie, so. Uh, I don't know it either. Just something to think about for writing this episode that was from 10 years ago. Then we have King Julio, who we met a couple episodes ago in Three Gays of the Condo. Um, King Julio of Spain, who was actually not into Selma but into Krusty Krusty's kind of into it too and then finally we meet Sir Walter Raleigh played by Homer so King uh, Julio back in Spain plans an armada attack for England and he's got Lenny there Lenny's got uh, the ships mm-hmm. the actual- oh yes that's kind of a weird little like <laughs> Lenny crazy moment yeah and so Walter Raleigh seduces the Queen's assistant played by Marge and then is caught by Queen Selma they're taken to the tower and Mo warns of the Spanish attacking whoa someone called Beowulf Grendel got in again! Oh, it's you, your majesty. <clears throat> the, uh, the Spanish Armada sails for England. Armada? What's Armada? Nothing. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Seriously, though, we're in real trouble here. Homer, inspired by the reverend speech while the uh, Spanish are attacking, starts a fire in the ship by uh, lighting a pipe, and then he goes to the Spanish... And then we see uh, a joke of Julio being like, I'm into flaming dreamboats, but not like yeah. this. Which is actually funny because I read a tweet from some comedian, maybe Aaron Whitehead of Wild Horses today, asking why dreamboat wasn't a name for a bed rather than a man. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, yeah. Like, doesn't the, doesn't the term dreamboat is a good name for a bed? Yeah, like a, uh, a mattress company that comes in the size of a refrigerator, mini refrigerator box. Yeah, and it's the name of a dead boy <laughs> who's now a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and a name of a daughter on a cartoon that we watch. <laughs> yeah. But not spelled the same. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the fire causes the English to win, and Selma gives consent for Homer and Marge to be together, and that's your first act. Steve, what did you think of the first act? Solidly it's, meh. Uh, the Kirk Gibson joke was the best joke. But that wasn't really part of the act. Uh, no. Well, so let's yeah. get to the... Your thoughts? I said, yeah, all right. <laughs> There's my okay. thoughts. Let's get to the second <laughs> act. All right. So we see Marge and Lisa back at the salon with Lisa telling her story about a strong woman. This one being the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, only to be interrupted by the blue-haired lawyer uh, representing the Disney Corporation, which, as we all know, if you've listened to our show, yeah, so it's relevant, um, but he wants to make sure that we're not infringing on any rights. Lisa, you are going to look so pretty. Thank you. But I know a story of a dangerous obsession with female beauty. It's called Snow White and the Seven... Excuse me. 
The story you're about to tell is the copyrighted property of the Walt Disney Corporation. Can you sharpen these? Excuse me, but Snow White is a fairy tale from hundreds of years ago. No one owns that. Are there any dwarves in your story? Yes, but they're my own original creation. There's Krabby, Drunky, Hungry, Greedy, Lenny, Kearney, and Doc. Tor Hibbert. <laughs> what about his creepy nails? Oh, yeah. That was just... I think it's... Yeah, I think that's just, like, a tired old, like, lawyers are yeah. assholes, like, demon things. Um, yeah. So, we just heard the clip of Lisa um, naming off the dwarves. So, we had Krabby, which was Mo. Drunky, who was Barney. Hungry, which was Homer. Greedy, which Lenny was Burns. Was Lenny. And Churney was and Kearney. Tor Hibbert. So, yeah. there you go. Interesting to see this these characters in dwarf size, right? Yeah, it's weird to see them all the scale. What did you think of the high um, song? I thought it was yeah. fun. It was good singing. It's, it's a little weird when they make drug references on The Simpsons. Yeah, the mushroom thing seemed, like, yeah. intense. But yeah, and then we see the uh, Wicked Queen and the mirror, which is on an HGTV because, you know, times. And then uh, the voice is played by an old-timey, like, I don't know the reference, but it's like an old-timey cartoon Ooh, thing. The, the, uh, voice. There it is. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my. Don't that's you what I was trying to think of. Steve, I could do an Ed Wayne. You actually yeah. can. That's really good. Yeah, thanks. Um, so they declare... Impressions coming back. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, oh, no. Golly. No, I can only, do it. Only voices from 1965 <laughs> yeah, or before. This is my Harpo Marx impression. Do you want okay. to hear my Buster Keaton impression? Sure. You know, I always edit out the the, uh, the pauses, <laughs> so I'm probably just going to run through and edit this out and not realize it, so it's not even going to be funny anymore. It's just also, time as if it was in the it. first place. Um, so the evil uh, witch sends Woodsman Willie to get Snow White, and then we see Lisa uh, making soup. And oh, we got um, an appearance from uh, Spider Pig in this episode too. That's right, yeah. Plopper, because Willie can't stand his conscience won't allow him to take Lisa's heart, so he decides to get Plopper's can't heart. Do that. He can't do that. So he then goes to for create a construction paper and heart, and he can't do that. That's kind of yeah. cute. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, then Lisa's looking for a home, and she settles for the dwarves. After going to the Hansel Gretels and all the other fairy tale houses, and she, we have a little three bears uh, bed gag. This bed's too hard. This bed's too soft. And this bed is just like the first one, also too hard. I guess I'll sleep in the one that's too soft. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a lot of references to old-timey, like, Tex Avery cartoons, like the turtle yeah. with the, the slow voice, and then the wolf yep. in Grandma's house is, like, the wolf. So that's yeah. kind of fun. There's a lot of uh, the fairy tales in this episode, you know, little references. Yeah. Um, so then the dwarves walk into the house. Oh, hi, oh, hi. It's time to now get high. We'll take some shrooms and go to our rooms. <gasps> There's something in our house. Let's put a pickaxe in its brain. You're in marketing. Why do you even bring an axe? If you were in marketing, you'd know. Uh, Mo being creepy, wanting to kiss her. And like, ah, eh, guess it's some uh, doorknob for me. Then he makes up with the doorknob. And then we see Lisa being confronted by the witch who offers her an apple. And then that witch sends her to Tacoma. To Tacoma? Then... Tacoma, Washington? Yes, which is a real sleeper of a place, which is where Lisa's <laughs> at. Um, and then the witch is mauled by the Disney animals. The Snow White slept and waited for her prince to come, but he never did. 
because a woman shouldn't have to depend on a man. Snow White was brought back to life by a lady doctor. And she lived happily ever after? Well, she couldn't indulge in strenuous activities like handball, but otherwise, she was fine. That's nice. Lisa, being a strong woman, doesn't need to wait for a prince's kiss, but is eventually saved by a woman's doctor. And that's your second act. What do you think of that one? I think it was better than last one. Yeah, I, I think so. I enjoyed, like, yeah, the cartoon references yeah. were fun. And just, this episode is kind of, I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but this episode isn't, like, the best yeah. episode for me. No, I, I, think that's, um, I think that's what we're kind of getting at. <laughs> um, but we power Ooh. through to the third act, which is Marge telling the story of Macbeth. But much like the Treehouse of Horror that we listened to recently, it's kind of uh, breaking the fourth wall. And so rather than it being actual Macbeth, it's a production of Macbeth that is telling the story of Macbeth, like Sweeney Todd. In that yeah. one episode. Lisa, let me tell you the story of a great woman held back by a not-so-great husband. Marge is uh, in charge of washing the costumes, and Homer is an extra playing a tree. And Marge feels like he should be higher up on the call sheet. And so Homer decides to murder the uh, Sideshow Mel to be the star. And then we get a fun little uh, prop knife rubber, ga- rubber knife gag. Yep. And so then Homer takes out Moe's bone. <laughs> And beats him Mel's with it. Bone. Yeah, Mel's bone. Sorry, Mel's bone. I don't know where Mel's bone. <laughs> what do you think was. about Mel's bone? Mel's bone. Well, you know, he's kissing that doorknob, and so I was like, "Huh, that's kind of hot." I've got a keyhole oh. for him. So then Homer gets a lead, but he's still a bad actor, and he gets uh, poor reviews. Marge has him kill Hibbert, and uh, so he kills him with laughing gas. And then um, they're reading the reviews, and I think we have a clip of that. Yeah. In last night's Macbeth, the best performance was Barney Gumble as Duncan, followed by Duffman as Macduff, Lenny Leonard as Lennox, Eddie and Lou as the two soldiers without lines, then last and least, the lead, Homer Simpson. Why do they write a new review of this play every single day? Homer goes on a killing spree, killing the rest of the cast. Killing makes me hungry. Eating makes me thirsty. Drinking makes me sleepy. Why did he have to kill everyone in their costumes? And the ghosts of the cast uh, haunt Marge, causing her to die. Homer's left to do the show alone, and when he's all alone, he kicks ass and is a great actor. Um, And Marge sees that as a ghost, and she's like, you should do more plays. And he's like, ugh, I gotta read stuff. So then he shoots himself in the head. and then Yeah, it is. And then he becomes a ghost, and that's the third episode. So we must be done, right? That was really fast. We did through that episode. Oh, wait. Nope. Sorry. There's another story. Yeah, but don't worry. It's got Academy Award winning actress. Jodie Foster. Yes, of Nell yes. fame. And uh, who was that guy that wanted to kidnap her or whatever? When she was like, oh, yeah. 10? Yeah, from Taxi Driver. Yeah. Robert De Niro. <laughs> yes. She also revived uh, Mel Gibson's brief career in that Beaver movie. <laughs> uh, did not see her Beaver. No. I don't think she'd want you to see her Beaver. I don't think so either. You being a person with a penis. Yes. I assume. I don't, I've never <laughs> I, seen it. But... I enjoyed her in Maverick with Mel Gibson. Contact was serviceable. You know, I never actually saw that. I don't know that I did either. Uh, Sons of Lambs, duh. That's like her best role. So this last one ends with a little Maggie story. That's it. Three stories. That's what we always tell. Looks like Maggie wants a story, too. Ooh, the Fountainhead. Mom, isn't that book the Bible of right-wing losers? Yeah. But the guy on the book jacket is one sexy slice of beefcake. So, anyway, 
This is the story of Maggie Rourke, an architect who refused to compromise. They mentioned that, you know, they're at three stories, and that's what they do. But Maggie wants a story of her own, and she sees Agnes Skinner reading Anne Rand's The Fountainhead, which Lisa calls the Bible of right-wing losers. And I've not read a bunch of Anne Rand, but I remember one time I wanted to because I was unaware of her. And I went to buy a book, and the checker looked at me very derisively. Like, I could have been buying pornography, and they would have thought less... Like, they thought more so what's the deal with Anne she as i know her and if you are a fan i'm sorry and if you can explain it better feel free to email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com but i believe that she is all about individual rights and basically stepping on the heads of smaller people to mm. get ahead so it's like real capitalist stuff and so she finds liberals to be pussies who don't do stuff that's cool yeah <laughs> i guess not for me i like taxes and caring about people um, but this is not a political podcast yeah. so but Maggie tells this, or Marge tells Maggie the story of Maggie Rourke, an architect in a daycare who refuses to compromise. Maggie was far the most com- uh, qualified and uh, creative person, but her independent and creative thinking was not met with greatness by her teacher, Ellsworth Tui, who is just the name of the character. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have, like, a Springfield member play yeah. him. They didn't do a pun on his name. It's just him. Um, so he wants to stifle her creativity with a little uh, montage where she has a house made of sugar cubes and he pours tea on it. Uh, a building with a condemned sign and then he runs a Tonka truck over it, a house of cards, which he blows away. And then she creates a Frank Gehry style building and he hits it with a hammer only for it to be like a rigid office building. And then he shouts mediocrity rules. How many times have they referenced that Frank Gehry house in The Simpsons? I feel like they've done it a couple of times. Quite yeah. a few, yeah. I think there's actually an with episode Frank, yeah, with Frank Gehry at some point. we will yeah. review it. I feel like it's you're right. the episode where Homer becomes an artist and he floods the town at the end. Maybe that is. Oh, it. with Isabella Rosa. No, that's uh, that's season oh, nine. Right, so we won't review that. Mm. Oh, well. Bummer. It wasn't bad grave an episode, was it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but it is where we get everything's coming out. Oh, you're house. right. Um, so it's parent teacher day, and Maggie has created a grandiose like tower. The teacher sees it. Maggie's sent to baby court, and she makes an impassioned speech. <laughs> Throughout the ages, the finger painter, the Plato sculptor, the Lincoln logger stood alone against the daycare teacher of her time. She did not live to earn approval stickers. She lived for herself, that she might achieve things that are the glory of all humanity. These are my terms. I do not care to play by any others. And now, if the court will allow me, it's nap time. And then she grows up to be a, an architect of world-class nature, and she has a building with the air, her own daycare, which inspires creativity. And that's the episode. We did it. Talked about this episode uh, for 10 minutes. Is there anything glaring that I missed? I feel like I may have rushed through it, but if there's any highlights or things that I missed, please feel free to let me know. Or not. Are you talking to me? Okay. Oh, they're yeah. Our audience. Yeah. Either way. It's not that it was a rough episode to get through. I've, what I've read, a lot of Simpsons fans don't really like these kind of episodes, like the Bible stories or the yeah. telling the different stories. Um, I'm not a fan. No, I feel like the Simpsons writers saw the success of Treehouse of Horror and tried to recreate it with this anthology series. And I just feel like it doesn't quite hit because it's not cohesive enough. And I, when I was watching it, I just feel like this is happening. I'm not like engaged yeah. in it. If you had uh, um, four segments, which one did you prefer the most of? I would probably go with the uh, Snow White, but it's a soft preference. Like I could take or leave any of them. What about you? 
I personally like the end credits because it was over. Okay, <laughs> no, uh, the Maggie one because I like the character of Maggie. So yeah, she's fun. That probably was my favorite of the segments. Okay, because you really got me into this Anne Rand, so I'm gonna start. Uh, oh no! Start reading this. I'm gonna become a heartless <laughs> dick. I've been that for a while now. That's fair. Um, this was shown on Mother's Day. There have been several others. Do you shown think on it was set Day up cause... for that reason? Because it was. Yeah, because it's the only the second episode that dealt with women or mothers. Yeah. Uh, the first one being Mona Leavesa, which is, I believe, is the second um, Mother Simpson episode where she goes away forever. Steve, did you know that uh, this was viewed by five point fifteen million people, which oh. made it the least watched episode of the show's history at the time? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But. I don't think five point so, fifteen million watch it currently. So yeah, so relative to today, that's you pretty know good. Who my favorite character was throughout this episode. It was who's Bart. that? Oh yeah, with all of his. Wait a minute, where were his lines? He just he was smart enough to just not even be in this episode. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, this is the first and only episode without Bart. It's so weird. Aside from the opening credits, but yeah, it's really interesting that he makes like, no appearance. He could have been one of the dwarves, maybe. Right, or he could have been like a prince or something in the first segment. But yeah, not at all. I think he might show up in a picture in the background in one of the segments, but no parts, no speaking parts. I mean, it's not like Nancy Cartwright was gone for the day. Cause of... No, she did play a few yeah. other characters. Uh, she played, let's see... Uh, well, she plays Ralph Wiggum. She played Kearney. She got some time in. She got well, paid for this. So. Glad she did. There are other uh, non-canonical uh, anthology episodes that had more than three stories, like the Simpsons Bible stories, the Flight Before Christmas, and twenty-two short films about Springfield. One of which is an excellent episode. Two of which were on air. Yeah, twenty-two. Um, twenty-two is is actually a great episode. I do like that one. Oh yeah, it's uh, Steam Tab. Yeah. It's like one of the best. That that is a good one. Yeah, I just think this episode. Just didn't really. I think I've said it before. It just didn't really grab me. There wasn't really no. like we always try to think of our favorite quote. There wasn't that many. It's not quotable. No. Like, even with some of the uh, lesser episodes, there's still like a quote you can pull out and you can say it. Mm-hmm. But this one's just you know the Armada joke is pretty good. But that's uh, that's an old joke. That's an old hacky joke. Yeah. Do you think that it would have been better if had they like only had three stories? And more time to flesh them out. I think out. it'd have been better if they just stuck with one story and just told. Because the Simpsons will do that; they'll take a piece of you know a fiction or whatever or a story, like, and then make it their own episode, twist their own episode. Like I said, they did mm-hmm. a few weeks ago the Nancy Cartwright episode. She took Whiplash and then made it a whole episode of just doing police right, yeah, whip, Whiplash. So yeah, you could totally do that. You could have taken the first one, you know, and make that a full episode. I think you're right. Yeah, we should come up with our own anthology Ooh, maybe we will after the break let's do that on to ratings, ratings. yes uh bart spikes uh, since bart was in this episode let's say that marge's hair <laughs> is 13 inches tall you or just something. want me to say i'm gonna give it an inch that's what you <laughs> wanted me to do right yep i just want you to give me an inch i mean all right i'm yeah. sticking with bart spikes well there's four stories four mm-hmm. seems too high i actually am i'm gonna give yeah. this one bart spike yeah i don't think i've gone this that's... this is not gonna be a rewatch episode for me like if i sit down you know just like binge like on a sunday whatever afternoon i have nothing to do it's raining out whatever snowing i would just skip this one yeah i feel like i agree with you i'm gonna give it one extra spike just because it tried to be do something for the ladies which i appreciate so i'm gonna go for two but i feel like i'm being generous so yeah two spikes for me you know what looking back it's it's not offensive as in like certain episodes 
we haven't reviewed yet. I think you're right. I think we're gonna. I'll take my. I'll, I'll give. I'll give it another bar spike. It's not. Yeah, because it doesn't change anything in the canon. It's just. It's boring for me. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's just like this episode is 22 minutes of content, yeah. and then you feel nothing afterwards. I'm not like upset no, with I'm it. I'm not either. It's like, yep, that's it. That, it's that two bar spikes, and I feel bad for our audience that we put them through watching this if they even did. I know it's almost sad because if it was awful. We'd have more fun talking about it because we could crap yeah. on it more. And if it was a great episode, we could like elate yeah. about it. But it's just okay, <laughs> or less than okay. It's just meh. So here we are. Welcome to the meh episodes, guys. All right, well, meh episodes. Should we take a break and come back and finish the show up? Yes, and let's do it with enthusiasm. <laughs> enthusiasm. Oh, fuck. You know what? <laughs> enthusiasm. See, I feel like after this break, and it sounds like we're all down, but. I- feel like when we come back we're going to have a little more enthusiasm i think Something... you might be right okay let's go across the street to the bar real quick have a couple okay. and come back and all right just podcast off sounds all great right. we'll be right back later It's time to say goodbye. If Disney sues, will claim fair use. Ho hi, ho hi, ho hi, ho hi. Ho hi, ho hi. There's nothing we won't try. We'll get takeout and then make out. We're by, we're by, we're by, we're by. And we're back. Steve, let's uh, wrap up this episode this week. Alrighty. Been trying some different things lately, and I thought in lieu of uh, this most recent episode, they did, you know, their three stories, well, four stories, actually. Um, They've Mm -hmm. done quite a few. Besides the, obviously, the Treehouse of Horrors, they've done a couple other, like, three stories, like the Bible one. The Tall Tales. Tales. So I thought it'd be fun if that uh, you and I just kind of discussed, like, what would be our three stories if we were to to make an episode of, like, Three Tales? Sands, of course, Treehouse of Horror, but just, just one episode that's through the regular run of the season um what would we tell what would our theme be what Mm -hmm. stories would we like to tell is there anything that comes to mind i was trying to think about this and think about an overarching theme and i also thought that uh you know these days comic book movies are always i was thinking that same thing yeah i was thinking that we could do three simpsons takes on some classic origin stories and maybe not your batman because that would be really dark to kill off homer (laughs) and marge i mean you assume it's gonna be Bart, but what if it wasn't uh yeah it could be milhouse right milhouse would be fun Uh, yeah was fallout boy so i think i think true. Be, but i mean you can still make it home or you could kill grandpa off and mona maybe i yeah. don't know oh that's oh wait huh. a minute who, who there's a lot of the ideas richest here. man in springfield oh <laughs> but with mr burns <laughs> i don't i think yeah i think you're right i think batman's too eat not easy there's too many options obviously crusty the clown would have to be joker right because he's a clown yeah although with mr burns being batman you have a built-in smither or built-in robin yeah. too <laughs> or al or al anyway well also true yeah okay yeah i would think we do with huh. uh but you can also retell like some of the stories mm-hmm. of, of i'm saying like of the movies you know like you could retell like you know like iron man or avengers yeah i like that comic book idea um again I, w- would that be expensive for them because they'd have to get the rights <laughs> would they though well, disney if they did mo- oh, yeah exactly it was also marvel yeah um right. i had an idea too that i could only think of two books but famous um science fiction fantasy books and kind of retelling the story okay <laughs> one's too ambitious to make in the seven minutes it was like oh how about dune <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't even make. Uh, I know they're making a new Dune movie, but 
Dune is really. I've read all of the Frank Her- the six Frank. Uh, I don't know if I read the last. I have. Wow. Well, when I read, I, I mean, I listen to the audiobook um, of the Dune mm-hmm. of the Frank Herbert's <laughs> Dune. Dune for me is like that setup. That should be like HBO Game of Thrones style series. Um, yeah, seems um, to be but the way the to new go. Movie, I think will be pretty good because they got like everyone's cast in that movie. So I thought Dune. I also thought they could do like a little Hobbit maybe. Okay. Like, yeah. Surprised they have right. Like that. a little. I mean, I'm not saying Lord of the Rings. I'm saying the Hobbit. Um, that's easier. I think, right. To do seven minutes or ten minutes that they got to make the threes but i think you're right the comic book one's not bad um hmm. if we would do the comic book one i would like to do uh lisa as spider girl or basically take like the old spider-man trope of him like on a field trip or whatever yeah bitten, but make it lisa because i think she could have fun with it see i think i like the idea of that it's only marvel characters they tell the stories of marvel and then they can we can make a joke in it too of like bart say like oh why can't we like do superman or batman or wonder woman is like son we don't own them yet <laughs> you know yeah. like we can only do marvel right or they can make a joke like why don't we do like star wars like yeah those other guys did it you know i don't know i was gonna say that they could do they covered it in this episode that we reviewed this week but they could talk about like they could do disney simpsons versions of disney yeah. things they kind of made that joke with the snow white yeah because you could you could do a lad like yeah let's do like aladdin homer would be a great aladdin i mean the homer genie, would be a good yeah, genie yeah homer's play the genie in the sequel and on the animated series but robin Williams came back for the right. other third movie direct to video uh prince of thieves no, wait 100 hmm. nope, that's robin hood <laughs> uh if you if you're into acting and you want to learn how to do a british accent i say watch kevin costner and robin hood prince of thieves to get that perfect <laughs> british accent oh wait he doesn't do a british accent that's right uh <laughs> you know why because he did originally he did a british accent but the director was like hey kevin uh just speak normally because it was that bad <laughs> yeah wow and that's why that joke in robin hood prince of thieves unlike other robin hoods i can speak with a british accent I I like that movie. I don't know how history reviews like looks on. I don't think it was reviewed that that well. Many yeah. tights. Oh yeah, but that's what I yeah. People hate that and they hate Spaceballs. Oh, Spaceballs, amazing. And I like both of them. Maybe it's just the time that they came out and how they affected my well, we were culture, kids, but... yeah, yeah. And I think it's too is the 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 um you know the Mel Brooks purists or the fans, especially if they if they grew up with Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, the humor is different. There's it's sillier. I think that's true because yeah, that's uh, true. Dra- uh, Dac- Dracula Dead Loving it was god off. Oh so, yeah, but I'm sure there's people that actually like that movie. If you're a fan of Dracula Dead and Love It, please email Steve at one three eight Simpsons at gmail dot com or tweet him at one three eight Simpsons at gmail dot com. Wait, <laughs> and if you like silent movie, don't say oh, anything. That's a great movie though. All yeah, right, so I think we talked about comic book idea. We got the Disney idea. What about like a other literary literary classics? Like uh, what if they did a, like hmm. a Confederacy of Dunces, but with like Barney? Oh yeah, that yeah. would work well. Barney, but who has? Yeah, like, a mom? and you can... like, or maybe we know because he lives with his mom yeah he would be a good one because he's like he could shun society of the way that he yeah did yeah that, that would, that'd be good All right. i'm looking at my bookcase now trying to get inspiration for other ideas and i'm looking I'm not at seeing my it. cat <laughs> unless they want to do uh, books about improv <laughs> or memoirs written by comedians i am not much help do you have uh still standing by steve martin that's a great i do one. it's next to sign language and yeah uh that steve martin was really good um okay all right well i guess this this little project didn't really go go much anywhere right it was, was fun, fun though we had a good if time. you guys have ideas you said get tweet us and email us um also facebook us uh just at one three oh, yeah. simpsons um i think that's it for me i think i'm done um, too okay so maybe next week we'll go back and come up with, a, with an episode or we're thinking something else yeah 
maybe couch gags. Oh, yeah. I kind of had an idea for a couch gag, okay. uh, which I'm surprised. Well, I think they might do it. All right. I have a dumb one that I'm surprised they hadn't done. So I think mine's dumber. I, I feel like I need a karaoke track to this. Steve, are you okay. familiar with the popular kid song, Baby Shark? Yes. <laughs> I am glad that I don't have children for many reasons, but that is one All of right. them. All right. So here's my concept for the couch gag. Uh I'll try not to sing, but it might happen. So, if you don't know the song, look it up. Sorry, you have to, but it goes, Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Okay, that's all it is. Do, do, and then Mommy Shark and Daddy Shark. And it's always do, 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 do's, right? So, we mm-hmm. do the typical Simpsons couch, or, uh, you know, intro, chalkboard and whatnot. But they get to the couch, they're under the water, and all of a sudden, animated style, like the Baby Shark one, but all of a sudden, Maggie comes out. So, it's like, Maggie Shark. And then instead of, instead uh. of do, 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 it's her sucking sound. So, Right? Yeah. So then it goes to Lisa Shark. And instead of do to do's, it's her like playing do do's on a saxophone. Oh, and then okay. Bart comes, and it's like Bart Shark. And instead of him, because you can't really do an icra, but instead of going, you know, baby shark do 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 do, he comes in. All he says is, "Eat my short 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 shorts." <laughs> right? And then mm-hmm. he goes, "Marge, Margie Shark." And yep, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> "Yeah." And then ends with homie shark, and it's do 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 do. Right? And right. And that's my stupid baby sharks. That is adorable, and I think it should absolutely be a thing. All right, so Al Jean, I know you're listening. Uh, Please just give us credit. Yeah, like a and like you know, like a C note at least. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) My dumb idea is just it starts with Homer, and he's on the couch eating food, but then he's out of food. So then he eats the family, (laughs) then he eats the TV, and then he eats everything in the living room. But he stops, and then he goes to eat the sofa, (laughs) and he chokes on it and throws it up. That's right. It's a literal couch gag. Does he throw up the couch or like everyone else too? And then he can vomit yeah. everybody else up. Yeah. And they're all alive. I yeah. like it. Yeah, yours is pretty good. Okay. Well, let's not put a poll up for this one. This was just more fun. Nah. Um, all right. Let's just spin the wheel and see what we're watching next week. You ready? All right. Steve, can you bring out the wheel? Let's do it. Bringing out the shiny wheel. Here we go. We're at season 25. Oh, alrighty. And let's take another look at that wheel. It's uh, episode 10. So season 25, episode mm. 10 of The Simpsons is Married to the Blob. Original air date was January 12th, 2014. It is, uh, a little synopsis here is when comic book guy meets a woman writing an autobiographical manga, he seeks Homer's advice on dating. Steve, did we come Ooh. up with this episode when we were choosing a, the two characters and have them interact? I think possibly, <laughs> yeah. This, this sounds like <laughs> something we would come up with as a matter of seconds. So, um, I have no recollection of this episode. Um, Nor do I. Maybe we have a guest. Uh, it was star? written by it was um, written by Tim Long. Uh, yeah, Har- okay. Harlan uh, Ellison was a cameo. Author, yes, and Ooh, Stan Lee. Wow. R.I.P. Yeah. Stan Lee and Harlan Ellison both died past year. Hmm. So yeah, I guess we're gonna look forward to that. Um, until then, anything else you want to add, Steve? Uh, just check us out on the socials at 138Simpsons and email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. Uh, we did just add a Facebook page, guys. So, again, we're at 138Simpsons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come that's at right. us on our page. Be our friend. And uh, other than that, I guess that's it. So we'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Why does everyone around here talk that crazy talk? 